Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Aim High Podcast. I am your host, Bud Evans. Today's episode, I am joined by Ira Fishman. Ira is a 12-year veteran of the multifamily space, but takes it on in a completely different way. I promise you by the end of this episode, you'll hear about multifamily properties in a way that maybe you've never thought was possible. Find out how he started in real estate, how working with others helped him to grow in the space. Find all of that out and more today, where we provide real estate investors with the tools to achieve generational wealth. Welcome to the Aim High Podcast. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the Aim High Podcast. I am your host, Bud Evans, and I am here today with Ira Fishman. How are you today, Ira? Doing well, Bud. Thanks for asking. Not a problem. Ira, I, it's a pleasure to have you on here. I, I was following you through social media, and I noticed that you had an odd take on multifamily properties. I figured I'd reached out and get you on to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Happy to, uh, happy to share with you and your audience. Great. Thank you. Would you mind doing me a favor and give me a quick introduction? Sure. I've been in the multifamily, multifamily space for about 12 years now. Prior to that, I, had, I was involved with financial service centers, kind of brick and mortar locations, which I'm still involved with a business partner. He handles all the operations and day-to-day. I guess in a sense, I'm a passive invest. I won't say passive investor. We're both partners on it, but he handles the day-to-day and is compensated for handling that. So with that being said, I, I got into multifamily real estate about 12 years ago with a buddy of mine from college. So it goes back a few years. He's been doing this for 30 plus years. And I and uh, we always talked about doing some deals together. He didn't necessarily need me, but uh, at some point he's like, I got an opportunity. You want to get involved? Twelve years ago, I got involved in a property. It was a seventy-six unit property in West in Illinois. I'm from Illinois, by the way, suburbs of Chicago. Myself and three partners. The deals I'm involved with are all joint ventures, JV deals. So I'm not a syndicator. I wouldn't say. I'm not opposed to being a syndicator or doing a syndicated deal, but so far at this present time in my career, I've done just JV deals and I've invested in one LP deal, one syndication deal as an LP investor, just to get a flavor of what that's about. Okay. That was how we started. I, what I brought to the team was my business background. I was, I've been asset managing properties from day one. And since then we've acquired 
more properties in Illinois, a little bit in Wisconsin, and uh, a little bit southeast in South Carolina. Great. So you're in it. I love the fact that you're not syndicating these things and you're just bringing in outside partners. That's pretty cool. Let's go back a little bit. What Was that your first deal where you got these partners involved? It was. Got you involved? It was. I'd have to say probably 15 years before that, I played around with a little bit in the real estate space, not knowing, just jump, just jumped in, didn't have any education and barely got out without losing a whole bunch before the 2008 fiasco hit. And it was just plain dumb luck that I just sold. It just wasn't working out at the time. Bought a couple properties with a partner of mine who was a in construction. So he was going to handle all the, you know, the heavy lifting of the construction. I was going to handle the tenants and the finances and stuff like that. And it's just at some point we were playing around with some section eight properties in a tougher part of town and wasn't quite the fun and games that I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be first of the month, you collect your money and you call it a day. And it didn't quite work out that way. It was getting challenging. And then 2007, I said to my partner, it really isn't for me. He says, I'll buy you out. So he bought me out and okay. I exited at the right time. It broke even. I didn't make anything special, but it didn't, it wasn't, it got out fairly unscathed. Okay. Now, I'm just going down the line here before we go into what your current niche is and the reason that I actually asked you to be on today. Do you have a worst deal? What was the worst experience that you had in real estate? My worst experience in real estate, I probably have to say another deal that I played around with once again with a partner who was in the construction end. We bought a two-unit apartment building and with the intent of converting it to a single-family home. And I trusted him and let him just run the show and I stayed out of, out of the way. And it, wasn't, it, was, a, it was quite a learning lesson. It, uh, he just, money was spent on crazy things. And not intentionally, he just really didn't know what he was doing either. He was a novice at it. And uh, I was uneducated on how to navigate the waters to actually do this. We followed the permits. We followed all, we did everything by the book, but at the mm -hmm. end of the day, we lost a, a chunk of money on it and uh, didn't put me out of business. And it was just, just a good learning lesson. And I certainly have learned that education is a big component to get into real estate. You really need to know what you're doing and not just wing it. Yeah. Now, how exactly did you recover from that? It wasn't a huge loss, put it that way, but it, it was enough. It, it was enough that it hurt, but it it didn't take food off the table. But it was it was a seminar or a learning lesson of not what to do, put it that way. Okay. Okay. Great. Let now let's talk about the reason that I asked you to be on today. The HUD and HAP programs that you're working with in your multifamily properties. Can you explain that a little bit? I am involved with HUD properties, which is which are Section 8 properties. I have some properties for people with a couple, there's a couple of different types of properties. There's family properties that, that are HAP, that are Section 8. There's 
properties for seniors. There's properties for people with disabilities or handicap. Um, so there's different asset classes among the uh, Section 8, I guess, different types of housing that, programs that they have. And the first property I mentioned earlier was, it was a property, the first property I got involved with in Section 8, which was my first deal with my current partners was, it was a joint venture deal. So it was myself and three partners. And we we acquired a 76-unit property. It was a family property in Western Illinois. And it's for people who fall in a certain, they have to qualify economically within a certain earning potential. And so basically have to make under X amount of money a year, as well as have a good clean record because we are required to do background checks on who's living in the property, make sure that they they meet certain financial requirements as well as Pat's background checks. Got involved with a property, a 76 unit property that was had 19 vacancies when we bought it. And there was 70 or 80 people on a waiting list to get in there. So mm -hmm. this being my first real property, real structured property, I, I didn't quite get the concept of how you could have so many people on a waiting list and have all these vacancies. And I realized that operational inefficiencies, which was the, what was going on there. I was just being involved in business in my life for prior to real estate, prior to the last 12 years, just some common sense and some experience experiences along the journey. I just realized, you know what, you clean up the properties, you get the right folks in there, you treat them well, you vet them properly, make sure that they're good people, good citizens. And uh, we fixed up the units. We, we fixed them up the way a unit that we'd want to be in, a nice, clean, clean unit, looks nice. And uh, it's more of a home instead of just an apartment for people. So we really wanted to make that impression that they're really moving into a place they want to be at and not just a affordable property that, and we want to treat them, we wanted to treat them well. So that was the philosophy from day one. It took about four or five months to, to get these units uh, functional and operational. And we turned the units over. And uh, 12 years ago, we do have people that move out on, for various reasons. They're moving into a house. They're moving out of state. But we have a waiting list. We have people that want to move in there. We have a reputation of being a nice, clean option for people that are looking for an affordable place to live. So that's where it started at. Great. Yeah. You know, when someone says HUD or Section 8, there's this in interpretation, there's this mindset that people think that immediately it's not a great place. And you and I were discussing this offline, but the providing someone with a good place to live, a quality place to live, it's definitely a plus. And that will do that. It'll create that demand. So I give you a lot of props for that. I have to say, I do own properties that are both traditional apartment buildings as well as, you know, Section 8 properties. Mm -hmm. You know what? There's there's good and bad people and you know, anywhere you go. There's people in A-class buildings who don't treat people well. They don't treat the apartments well and vice versa. So Section 8, if, 
they do get a bad rap because there's so many good people. You know, the majority of the people are good, hardworking people. And it's just, they just want a nice, clean place to live and a safe place for their family. And uh, they pay their rents on time. They do keep their apartments nice. They're mm -hmm. good neighbors. There's a lot, lots of good people. Lots of good people. They're just trying to get a, just trying to get a leg up and we're there to help them out, give them a hand exactly. up instead of a hand out. What do you currently have going on, Ira? Another part of Section 8 that I'm involved with are, are properties for seniors and people with disabilities as well. Probably the, the reason that I got into those segments early on was I've got a son who's got who's got a disability and my wife and I, we, we travel. My wife more so than I. I'll give her the props on that one because she did the hard work. I'm, I was more the real estate guy, but we decided our son, Ethan, he, he was never going to really be living on his own. He would need a semi-independent place where he could live in his own apartment, but he would need some assistance, some help. And my wife and I started a property in our hometown for young adults with special needs. And we bought an eight-unit apartment building for young adults with special needs with a brother and sister-in-law of mine, because my nephew also has the same disorder, is genetic disorder as my son. And we have presently have nine young adults living in our property, in our building. It's not a property. It's, it's really, a, it's really, a, it's a home. It's a home in a loving way. My son, Ethan, when we drop him off there, he walks in the door and guys, hi guys, I'm home. And he's yelling and he's happy to be and see his friends who are like his second family. It's, it's a really special place. We, we travel, my wife, once again, my wife more than I looked at different places around the country. And we tried to take the best of different places that were similar, that worked with young adults in the special needs world in different programs out there. And we tried to take gleam little things that we liked about the different programs. And we incorporated that in our property. So we actually ended up hiring an agency to work with that's been, that works with the special needs population. And they were more so like on summer camps and, and more the younger generation, but kids eventually age out and they need a, residential place to live. And we were their first program, their first residential program. Since then, they've opened up three more houses and there's another one that's coming this year. So I guess we were the impetus of this. We were the, the ours is the largest one. We had 10 people initially, right now there's nine and nine is probably the number we're going to stay at. And they, they oversee our staffing, recreation, drive, drive driving our young adults to their jobs and stuff. So it really works out well. It really worked out real well. And we're very happy with it. And my son is very happy with it as well. Great. Is there any plan to expand on this or what's on the horizon? It's challenging and it's really, this building is a, it's, a, it's an act of, lo of love for my wife and I when we started this for our son, because our son Ethan's going to be there for many years, and I, he'll want to be there for many years. So it's 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 a, it's a lot of work. It's a, 
a lot of love that goes that gets put into this. But a program that I've done since then, in the actually in the past two or three months, I purchased another property in Central Illinois. It's a once again, it's a Section Eight pro- property with a HAP contract, which is a contract with with the government, and it's also for. This isn't necessarily for young adults, but this is for adults with disabilities. And it's primarily, I would say, probably 40 and under. We do have some seniors living there as well. And if somebody moved out, we gladly would take a senior in there. But I do giving, I didn't want to make it an all senior building because I think there there is a need for younger adults, younger population to get on their own. So if it works out, great. If not, we're happy to just bring the next person that would like to be there and that makes sense to move in there. So far, it's been a few months. It's working out great. We're, we actually bought it from a, my partner and I from a non-for-profit that it just didn't fit in their portfolio anymore. It was just a little bit too far out and they were having a, a little more of a challenge running it. So took we took it they were running a good program and we just we're just adding to it we're making it we're gonna we're adding more more help more more extra extra curricular ways to teach them about financing about finance and living on your own and we're gonna continue to add programs to help our residents and try to just make it better for them great yeah man the world needs more people like you, man. Be honest. I appreciate it. But uh, yeah, so my, I enjoy real estate a lot. I, it's a really enjoyed it over the last 12 years, but I do making a difference in this world, helping people that need some help. I've helped people over the years find places for their parents, find places for their kids, buying a condo or giving them advice on what my wife and I have done in our journey. And my wife and I have spoke to many people, a lot of different audiences and happy to share with what we've learned along our journey. And a lot of people have helped us along our journey and we're we'd like to spread the word as well. Great. And okay. What is one thing that you've learned as your wealth has increased? I would probably say, you know what? Nothing happens quickly. Time heals a lot of mistakes that one could make as your as one goes along their journey. We all make mistakes, and over time, you do it. You treat your property right. You treat your residents right. It'll treat you well, and it's not a. It's, it's not a. It takes time to to let these let them flourish, and you. And, put money in, reinvest money into your properties, treat people well, and they'll treat you well too. That's one thing I've learned. Great. Okay. Are are you ready? We're about to go into the soaring four. These are the same four questions that we ask every guest that can help someone who is just starting out achieve new heights. Ready. All right. Here we go. Question number one. What do you use to keep you motivated? My why is my family. My my son Ethan, in particular, um, there's a lot of Ethans out there that that need just that extra help, that need a little boost, and uh, 
I want to provide for my, certainly for my wife and my other kids as well. But I want to, I, I like to leave the world a better place than when I started. So I want to help others along my journey. Great. And what, sorry, I got to hit the button. <laughs> what is one thing that you learned that completely changed your mindset? I probably have to say, I, I one of my, one of the disadvantages of an, of a JV deal is I'm, I try to do too many things on my own. I try to be the one man show wearing, wearing lots of hats and just doing everything. And things just don't work out that well. When I have, when I do have some partners and we, everyone does what they're good at and it's a team effort, it works out so much better. And so I would say A, get educated and B, make sure you got good teammates to work with. That would be it. Great. What tools do you use to currently keep you on track? Um, what tools do I use? I like to time block. I used to, I like to set specific times of the day and the week that I, some of the things I'm not looking forward to or some of the more tougher things I like to do first thing in the morning. So I set a few mornings a week to knock those out of the way. But it's just, it's just being monitoring my time because it's so easy just to go off on tangents and then time you turn around, it's five o'clock and it's like my day went and I got nothing accomplished. And that's still a work in progress. I still need to improve on that, but that's definitely one thing that I'm a big fan of. And I try to keep tabs on that. Great. My, uh, my assistant yelled at me yesterday or today because I was working yesterday and it's supposed to be my day off Sundays and Mondays are my day off, but yeah, I get it. Yeah. So last question, what is one thing you would change if you had to start all over again? I know it's very, it's going to be very cliche of an answer, but I definitely would have done, I would have started earlier. I'd say follow your passion. I was, I have other business ventures that I did. I've done a fair amount of entrepreneurial things along my journey. And some of them, I probably stayed around too long. I was satisfied where I was at. The money was fine. The time commitments were fine, but did I love doing it every day? Probably not. And I stuck with some things longer than I should have. I really enjoy real estate and I wish I would have started earlier because I do wake up in the morning and I, I enjoy doing it. It's, I can't say every day. It's, it, there's challenges that come every day in real estate. It's not all fun and games, but I, um, I enjoy every property that I own is kind of like a business. So I, I enjoy seeing where it starts. I like, you know, putting inputting good things into the business and I like seeing it flourish. I like seeing happy residents that appreciate where they're at. I like a t good customer service team that, you know, stays on, on top of what's going on to make sure that, you know, that we're doing what we should be doing and, I guess our residents are doing what they should be doing as well and treating the property, treating their neighbors well. And uh, I would say, I wish I would have started earlier though. I wish I really followed my passion earlier in my career. Great. Ira, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for being on the podcast today. I really do appreciate it. I know you're busy. I just wanted to get your perspective specifically to the the HUD, the HAT, and the disabled. Now, just a follow-up question regarding the home. Is that a 
Would you say that's similar to a residential assisted living facility or is it like independent rooms with a common area? How do you usually, how do you have that laid out? You know what we've got, so the one specifically that my son's and we've, it's an eight unit apartment building and all eight units are two bedroom, one and a half bath. And the units are beautiful. They're certainly nicer than my daughter and my son, the apartments they stay in. So we really wanted to make it nice. We want it to be uplifting. It's really bright. We put in granite counters. We put in nice heart tile, heart, like large tile floors. Just like it came out beautiful. And we just want people to be proud of where they live. We do have, so we got four units on each side. And underneath there's a, it used to be storage. It used to be uh, mechanical rooms. We got 2,500 square feet of community space down there. So we've got big screen TVs. We've got section with large couches and pit couches. And we have a section that's, uh, we've got three computers. So there's a, a computer area. We have a workout center with treadmills and bikes. And it's pretty nice and clean. And uh, we've got a kitchen down there, a full kitchen where our residents have meals together. So they have their dinners together. We have full functioning kitchens in every apartment, but dinners they typically have together and they don't have to, but that's typically how it works. And lunch, lunch and breakfast and lunch, they, some go downstairs, some eat in their apartments. Lunches typically our residents, and it depends on how the functionality, how functioning our residents are, but our residents are all, they do work typically part-time. So our building is actually closed from basically 10 to two every day where our residents are out at programs, they're out working, they're out volunteering. And then other than that, we, it's, we do have our staff oversees what's going on pretty much the rest of the day. And we do have someone who's there overnight. It, it's a full, it's a full program and we have, they handle social and recreational on weekends. So it's, it's a pretty full life experience for our, our kids, for our residents. That's great. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Ira, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how would they do that? LinkedIn is a great way. Just link, look up Ira Fishman. I believe I'm the only one. Actually, I know I am. They could email me Ira at northloopinvestments.com. And uh, those are probably the two best ways to catch me or my website. It's more of a landing page, but my website is northloopinvestments.com as well. So any of those options will find me and be happy to uh, happy to talk further. Terrific. All right. Again, thank you very much. I really do appreciate you being on and I will post this and then get this out to you um, as soon as possible. Thanks, Bart. I appreciate you having me. I really, I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Thank you. Take care.